Over the past many years, there's been a precipitous decline in bee populations, and that has a significant and negative impact on agriculture and the health of our ecosystem. Bees, of course, are one of our great pollinators, and human habitat is a problem. I'm David Fair, and welcome to this week's edition of Issues of the Environment. Our guest today is a U of M doctoral candidate in the school's Department of Ecology and Evolutionary Biology. Gordon Fitch helped design a novel approach to monitoring bees with the urban landscape. And thank you so much for making time today, Gordon. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here. We've all heard of colony collapse, and we've read about the impacts of pesticides on bee populations, but there seems to be a lot less information on the impacts of loss of habitat and the urban infrastructure we've created. Give me a broad overview of what you decided to study. Yeah, so we were really interested in seeing how roads uh, affect the movement of bees. Um, So interestingly, urban areas can actually support a pretty wide diversity of bees, Um, But obviously, the physical infrastructure can also pose a real barrier. Um, But we know surprisingly little about how that works and if particular attributes of roads, say their size or the amount of traffic that passes along them, uh, influences the way they pose a barrier. Now, it's probably because you have a far more scientific mind than me, but when you were trying to consider what research you wanted to conduct how did you look at a road and say, that's what we need to explore and find out its impact? Well, you know, I think the interesting thing about roads is they're, you know, just sort of all over the landscape. Um, and to a person, they don't pose much of a, they don't look like much. Um, but particularly for smaller insects, uh, they are these pretty large expanses of um, habitat with certainly no food resources and very different sort of climatic conditions with uh, the heat coming off of the asphalt. Um, and we really wanted to understand um, how those impact the way that bees experience the landscape. So where were your areas of study? So we were working uh, primarily in and around Ann Arbor. Um, we had about 40 sites that we were looking at um, ranging from the the sort of core urban area of the downtown out into the surrounding rural areas um, and looking at a range of road sizes from, you know, little residential streets up to larger five- and six-lane arteries. We're talking bees with University of Michigan doctoral candidate Gordon Fitch on 89.1 WEMU's Issues of the Environment. You monitored over 40 sites within the greater Ann Arbor area. How significantly did you find the network of roadways in those areas impacted the ability of our pollinating bees to navigate the area? So we were really surprised by the magnitude of the effect. Um, We were looking at bee movement by looking at how they were moving pollen, or actually a sort of pigment powder as an analog for pollen between flowers across roads and then alongside that same road. Um, And we looked at this in two different species of plants that have different bee pollinators. Mm -hmm. And for one of those species, uh, Coriopsis, we found a 50% reduction in the number of flowers that got pollinated um, by a plant when they were across the road versus alongside that same road. Uh, And for that other species, it was about a a 30% 30 decline. So really large decline. I was going to say, that's really high number. It did catch you by surprise, huh? It did, yeah. And I think what was most surprising was we found that even these really small roads, um, you know, 
single lane roads on quiet streets with very little traffic um, had an impact. Obviously, if you look at the amount of bugs on your windshield at any given time, we know that part that's part of the hazard for bees. But what other factors about our concrete and asphalt roadway service hindrance to successful and more widespread pollination? You mentioned heat earlier. That's an issue? We think it might be, yeah. Um, so I think definitely traffic, direct mortality from, from cars, as you said, is a big issue. Um, but also... The, the thermal environment creates different um, patterns of air movement, um, and we think that that may be affecting the bees. We found some evidence that um, the, the way that the traffic flows also creates air turbulence that might uh, dissuade smaller bees from flying across the road. Um, but then obviously there's just the issue that you know, a road is an inhospitable place. A bee is not going to find any flowers uh, in the middle of the road. Um, and so they're just unlikely to move across it uh, because as they're flying from flower to flower, they're not going to find themselves just by happenstance in the middle of the road. Now, if the figures are correct, uh, globally there are some 20 million miles of road networks, and it's expected by 2050 another 15 million more will be created. What might the impact of that be on agriculture and the ecosystems that support bees, plants, and other pollinators? You know, I think it's really a little too soon for us to be able to say. Um, I think the real concern comes with um, the way that roads can fragment habitat. Um, so if you have, you know, an area that's surrounded by busy roads and therefore isolated from uh, larger populations of bees, um, I think that's where you get into real concerns uh, with the effective pollination of those habitats. Um, and certainly we're seeing more and more of that as the road network expands where you have highly isolated um, populations of plants, say, or even agricultural fields um, that may struggle to be adequately pollinated. Issues of the Environment continues on 89.1 WEMU. We're talking with U of M Ecology and Evolutionary Biology doctoral candidate Gordon Fitch. Now, the novel research project you were a part of adds to the dialogue of the environmental challenges we have to address. The roads are not going anywhere, and as we discussed, there will only be more of them. What are some accommodations we might be able to make that might kind of overcome the issues those roads prevent? Yeah, so I think this is actually a really neat aspect of this study is, you know, the same things that we found affecting, negatively affecting the ability of bees to cross roads are things that make it harder for people who, at least people who are not in cars to interact with roads. So the size of the road, the speed of traffic, and so on. Um, and so there's really some neat opportunity for synergies um, in creating, re-envisioning roadscapes um, that work better for the safety and health of people and also the safety and health of bees. Um, so I think things like installing bike lanes, uh, protected bike lanes, particularly, you know, in, for example, in, uh, in New York City, some of those protected bike lanes have uh, planting boxes with flowering plants that are then located between the, the cyclists and the road. Um, and that can you know, simultaneously slow down traffic provide habitat for bees and reduce the amount of space that bees need to traverse uh, to get from one flower to the next. And bees are pretty smart. They figure it out pretty quick, don't they? Oh, definitely. Yeah, they're very quick to find new sources of food. I mean, the plants we had that we were using in the study, we only set out for um, a single day and we would see within minutes 
fees would start coming in immediately foraging on them. Now, creating more bike lanes, creating these uh, plantings across more of our urban landscape uh, could be, to some, cost prohibitive. Do you have a differing opinion, or is it an investment that will ultimately pay off itself? Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm certainly biased as, a, as an avid cycler, um, but I do think that it will pay off uh, in many regards. You know, I think the, um, there's clear benefits to human health uh, of reducing traffic speeds, reducing accidents, um, and getting pe- encouraging people to um, use alternative modes of transportation. Um, but also from the perspective of the ecosystem health, you know, uh, bee, pollination by bees is worse. It's estimated in the billions of dollars. Um, and so we, we can't really afford to, um, to lose that resource uh, for our both economic health of our agricultural systems and also the food that we need to eat. In the grand scale of things, Gordon, uh, this was a rather small study, but where do you take this research next and what is to follow? Yeah, so um, we're continuing to think about ways that um, the city influences bees. I think as I mentioned at the beginning, um, there's actually a lot of exciting research showing that cities uh, can protect bees, say, better than an intensive agricultural landscape. Um, and so we're really trying to figure out, um, dig into that a little bit more and look for um, design strategies and ways that we can um, promote a wide diversity of bees in urban systems. Uh, actually, this summer, we're going to be doing a study looking at how the urban environment influences um, bees' response to predators, so to, to spiders and flowers. Um, so maybe stay tuned for that. Yeah, so you're going to do that in an urban setting as well, and uh, how long will that uh, research project take before it comes to completion? Uh, our plan is to do the, the field work for it this summer, um, so hopefully we'll have the results by the um, end of the year and start sharing them soon after that. Well, I'll look forward to having that conversation when uh, you're ready to talk. Great, yeah, I look forward to it as well. Thank you very much for the time and the information today, Gordon. I appreciate it. Yeah, I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you for having me. That is Gordon Fitch, a U of M doctoral candidate in the school's Department of Ecology and Evolutionary Biology. He helped design a novel approach to monitoring bees within the urban landscape, and you can learn all about it at WEMU.org. Issues of the Environment is produced in partnership with the Office of the Washtenaw County Rotter Resources Commissioner, and you hear it every Wednesday. I'm David Fair, and this is 89.1 WEMU-FM and WEMU-HD1 Ypsilanti.